0: You're listening to All To Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.
1: Welcome to All To Play 4, brought to you by Joe and Cole, with me, Steve Siddable, and of course, Joe Cole. Joining us today is a former teammate of mine that played over 500 career games at clubs such as Manchester United, West Ham, MK Dons, and finishing at his hometown club, Cambridge United. Um, the question we all want to know, we'll get down to it, is did he get the hairdryer treatment from Sir Alex? But first of all, let's welcome Luke Chadwick. Chad, is welcome, mate. How's Thanks on? for having me, great guys. Thanks for coming down to for your show.
2: Teammate of mine as well. Under-21s? Chad, he was the man. Yeah, was
0: the yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give ball to Chaddy, wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, Howard Wilson yeah. loved Chaddy. Give ball to Chaddy. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting in the 21 squad because Howard Wilson was the 18s manager, weren't he? No one had a clue who I was. I still <laughs> playing in the under-19s at Man United, you know, got in the under-21 squad. He was probably the manager that rated me the highest, I reckon, <laughs> out of any
2: manager I ever played for. But do you know what? He, like, as much as Howard got uh, a rough rap for being a bit old-school... He was the first manager I played at. who played, the, tried to play the four-three-three, and like you know, he put me in the, in the, in the central midfield with another bodies, and was like he was, he was trying to be a bit clever. You know, yeah. he gets a lot of stick for being a bit one-dimensional, but I thought he was quite ahead of his time. And then Jose obviously come along, six, five, six. everyone yeah. was playing four-four-two yeah. back then, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And he come up, so I, I didn't mind Howard. Strange, well, strange geezer, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Okay, so we said in the intro, local hometown club Cambridge United. How has Luke Chadwick from Cambridge United ended up? At Manchester
0: United. Yeah, so I started off sort of just playing locally. I mean, I remember playing against you. You probably don't remember. You were playing for Aston at the time. Right. We were playing for a team called East Anglia Boys. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sort of, yeah. Arsenal played against them. That was a friendly. Yeah, yeah. Common friendly. Yeah, day. yeah. And we yeah. used to play that all the time. You was unbelievable. One of rainbow flick Every time you got the ball you were right, Sid. He's only nine. <laughs> yeah. We were fourteen. <laughs> But then, sort of played, yeah. Played. I went to Arsenal, played there for a season in the centre of excellence. Sort of training at Highbury, the old yeah, indoor gym the there. So, yeah, and then played schools football for Cambridge School, scoring a lot of goals. Got scouted to go to Man United. Went up there for sort of a trial for a week and just sort of fell in love with the place the second I went up there. It was just the environment you went and yeah. it was just. Don't get me wrong, Arsenal was a great football club, but United just. Felt different. It felt sort of right where I wanted to be, yeah. so that's when I, I signed up.
2: Sorry, was it a fella called Malcolm Fidgen who took you up there, <clears> the <throat> Southeast Scout?
0: Yeah, so the guy that scouted me was called Ray Med, right. Medwell, okay. like great guy, but Malcolm yeah. was up there. He yeah. used to be up in the hotel and that. He had a, yeah. like, a fantastic yeah. reputation as a Scout. He used yeah. to do the London area. Ray used to do sort of the East Anglia right. where I was. But yeah, I went up there and just done okay, signed a schoolboy form and then spent the next couple of years living back in Cambridge going up there yeah. on the weekend and then when I left school at 16 signing a YTS and moving up there yeah. full time so how old was you when you signed for for Man U so I'd Four, been 14, 14. school. so I've goals. had no
1: doubt that Sir Alex Ferguson was still involved in that sort of procedure oh. in terms of spotting
0: the talent that you were yeah that's a, like the what sort of draws you in he's involved mm. in everything yeah. from the moment you go up there as a trialist i remember i went up there for a week sort of trained with the, my age group team with the scholars and then finished with a game against nottingham forest at littleton road and sir alex was there he come in a dressing room in a, and you're thinking wow this is mad like yeah sir alex probably, is there yeah and then i got the the minibus dropped me back at manchester piccadilly got a Five-hour train ride home back to the yeah. little village where I live. Mum's picked me up from the from the station, getting a car. She said, "Oh, Alex Ferguson phoned me up this afternoon, asking if you'd sign." No nothing. way. She's like, she's mucking about it, he actually done that. But it, but it
2: weren't just me yeah. that he'd do that for. It'd be all yeah. the young football. Yeah, so he done it. He, he done it with me as well. Yeah. Same thing. Like, and he's so powerful, ain't it? Charlie? Oh, like, so powerful. It's why he's like? It was why he's the best. Yeah. Like he's, he was. Go. You have to remember at the time, the mid nineties. He was been going for the, trying to win the first title for United. I think they won it in 93 for 20 years, re establishing the club, and he's still got time to go and watch the under 14s and 15s. Like, where did the man find the energy? It, I, I had the same thing. He rung my, my, my house, and my mum answered, and she's just gone, like, yeah,
1: fuck off. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: you know, like, he thinks it's a wind up. Dad's on the phone. It's like, yeah, I think it is, you know. <laughs> Could be some <laughs> random Scottish geezer from the boozer. <laughs> I mean, because like, obviously, but yeah, same thing. But no. brilliant, brilliant. Mate. And yeah. he, we used to go up there again. I used to play for him I played for him a couple of times. Lovely weekends in Manchester. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just wasn't right for me. Why didn't why 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 didn't you sign for him Simple reason. Um, I loved I loved West Ham. I loved my teammates at West Ham. Oh, yeah, like point. you wouldn't know, we was a good team. Yeah. Like oh, you was yeah. a great youth no. team. We was a really great yeah. team. And and. So it got down to the fa- and I, I tell you what it comes down, down to 94 or 5 well um, FA Cup final Ferguson asked me to come with a team but I'd already made my mind to, to go to watch the game with the team walk out sit on behind the bench for the FA Cup final for a 13 year old lad it would have been amazing but my, my dad said to me where do you want to go like because I don't it was a big gesture yeah. I didn't want to take it and not do it yeah. and then um, I said no nah, I said dad I'm happy at West Ham All right, that's it done but you can't do the FA Cup. Can I? <laughs> went, no, no, no. We, we, You don't take things off people. If you, you know what I mean. So, life lessons from my dad and I. Yeah. And then he had to ring up. I think it was Malcolm or Alex Ferguson and say, "Look, thank you for." But he's, he's chosen to sign for West Ham. Yeah. Simple, Respect. just brilliant. Uh, yeah. I think Sir Alex didn't have my mum and dad's number. He didn't call me yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway,
1: listen. So you're at United. Talk about now. Like, at, so you're in the first team. You know you're training. What is it like? Because that dressing room there alone, that, that, like. You got the Sir Alex that we just spoke about, but you've got super, like heroes in there. I mean, yeah. the names, the Beckham, Skulls,
0: uh was, was Eric there? Was he'd just left when I moved up there as a as a scholar? He yeah. sort of finished mm. the season before, so never got to sort of play or train with him. Yeah. But like, obviously, going up there, huge excitement, going to do something you love yeah. every day for one of the biggest clubs in the world, but sort of massive yeah, trepidation yeah. as well. I was such a quiet, young boy, he was quite really introverted and it was sort of thought, I'm a bit out of place here. Mm -hmm. And I used to, all the other lads were sort of buzzing, they got to train with the first team. I used to dread it thinking, I'd rather just, I was more comfortable with my own peers, my friends and that sort of thing. So sort of dread it, train with the first team, obviously done it a few times, done all right. And then had a really good scholarship, done really well, got offered a contract during my scholarship and probably thought, cracked it here I'm, I've am made it here and sort of went away for the summer went to I'd be for me pals probably let myself go a little bit come back for pre-season like really skinny but with an horrible little pop belly <laughs> weren't, doing, weren't doing the best in the running I had a poor start to my first year as a professional and got sent off on loan to to Royal Antwerp went and played out there for like nine months absolutely loved it yeah. and it's when I come back from there I was sort of the first time I was in and around the first team yeah. on a on a regular basis and obviously first training session, went back in, was at Antwerp for nine months where I was sort of top boy, yeah. sort of strut around doing my little bits and pieces. <laughs> went back yeah. in the United, gave the ball away a couple of times and I remember it like Roy Keane's just gone mad at me, like calling me every name under the sun. Straight I'm away. Thinking, like on. straight away and I'm thinking, flipping hell, not sure... <laughs> weren't expecting that sort of thing. And I think after the session, he sort of pulled me and said to me, like, I've said that to you and I'll keep saying that to you, but there's a reason behind it. The reason I'm doing it because that is the standards here. We want to be the best team every day in training that's why we're going to win games on a Saturday and sort of learn lessons really quickly that you've got to be on it every day. And although I didn't play all that much, I was on the bench most of the time, but every day was so intense in training because of the characters there, yeah. because of the standards there. And it yeah. was like an amazing, amazing yeah. experience. Yeah. But at the end of the season, I like, obviously I won a Premier League medal. I didn't do a huge amount for the team to win that, but played enough games. But I was so mentally and physically exhausted from all the training. Because obviously when you're not in the team, you do all the yeah, training. Yeah. And it was it like it was really an incredible experience to be in and around yeah. them players day in, day out, and of course the manager and his coaching staff as well. So Joe, like, obviously you've played at the yeah. top for
1: a number of years as well, one turtles. He, I've, I've had a taste of it shortly, obviously, mm. but that that is the mainstay, isn't it? Yeah. Day in, day out, it is driven into you, yeah, you know, to to, to work hard, to compete. Yeah. And that's why
2: they, yeah. they you end up winning yeah, that's, stuff. It. Won. that's it. Like the way the way I see it, the difference and the difference is getting smaller and smaller with the top side. That Manchester United era with Ferguson and Keane driving the standards, then players. You know there wasn't much difference between them players and the Liverpool players. You know there were some great players at Liverpool. Yeah. You know you Manaman, Ince, Redknapp, Fowler, mm. but the difference at Manchester United was the manager and Roy King driving it. It's interesting what Chaddy said about Roy telling him. You know. Because not a lot of players get the courtesy of that. Um, They've just got the volley, yeah. and that's it. Sink or swim. You have to deal with it. So, but yeah, the top level, I admire any player. I mean, I, I, I had seven years at Chelsea, um, but like when I. But then the flip side, my body, my body gave in yeah. at, at twenty nine thirty. You know, my mind still wanted to do it. My body gave in. But then players who can do it for so long at the top, yeah. like your JTs and Franks, who I played with, Drogbus, body and mind. It is it's tough. For some, mm. you're right. After after the season, you're just like oh she's just gone because yeah. the intensity and i know that's what as i come down the levels again that was the main difference so yeah. when i go into coaching and management that is a non-negotiable for me whatever quality of players I've, i manage or around us yet yeah, the intensity has to be there yeah. all the time but yeah manchester united roy king that is that was the pinnacle
1: just, just talk about roy king is it true that you used to car share or he used to pick you up you didn't drive when you was at United. He at picked me up a
0: few times. I remember one famous time he, <laughs> he picked me up was uh, the Manchester derby at Old Trafford. <laughs> right. And I started the game and I was surprised to start. it. I got subbed off and in the end like it was one or like end the yeah. I think we'd already won the league and it was yeah. a bit scrappy. And it was a day where Kino <laughs> chopped Harland in half. Oh, wow. Oh. And I'm sort of in the dressing room after, I think, in so you've gone to the game in the car so I've gone with, with him right in the car with him what was he like on that journey on the way in was he sort of just like, like focused no, he, on the like game he was, was fine he? like he was like relaxed character like obviously there was a big game ahead of yeah. us and, and whatnot, but like just normal really yeah. like, and I'm thinking after the game I'm just sat in the dressing room obviously he's you know, been sent off and I'm thinking how am I going to get home <laughs> See him anywhere? No, and I'm like, game must have finished in about two hours. Like everyone's gone, and I'm just like sat in Old Trafford in the home dressing <laughs> room on my own, like being the cleaners and sweeping up at that. And then like all of a sudden, I don't <laughs> know where he been. He's like just protesting, "Come on, we're we'll going." <laughs> the guy in the car just took me back to me, me flat, like just in sail, not like just up the road. Yeah, like the whole yeah. car journey was just silent. <laughs>
1: Sat looking
0: out the window, <laughs> he dropped me off and he just said, If you go out tonight, be careful. He said, I got out of the car, i I've really? just gone. No, but it was, it was, um, like a real situation, yeah. but yeah, he used to, I didn't pass my driving test till I was like, Yeah, 21 or something. Yeah, so, I'd yeah, missus yeah. usually just sort of drop me off, yeah. but on a game day, right. he'd pick me up occasionally and drop me off, and I was thinking. Ivy got sent off, King, I just want to go on.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was an iconic moment in in football. Well, an iconic. It's, it's one of them moments where you just walk in, and it yeah. whether you're on the bench, you know, it mm. just sort of takes your breath yeah. away.
0: Thinking mm. so.
1: Oh, that that journey home, nothing sort of said. It was just literally silent. I can I can imagine. No, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, Roy, what's all about? <laughs>
0: I didn't have it in me. So is, that, is that what Fergie said after? What was said? That was nothing said after again. Nothing was said. I mean, really? like, like I say, when I come in, the team come in, he just wasn't well, there. Yeah. I don't know where he'd gone, wow. what he was doing. But Brilliant. yeah, it was um, a strange one. Brilliant, great story. Um, great I mean, story.
1: you played 39 times as you said for United. and you know, <coughs> got a Premier League winners' medal. Some people don't even achieve that. Uh, how do you look back on your time at United?
0: I loved it. Yeah. Like 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 when I just like I mentioned before, when I went up there as a fourteen year old boy, mm. I just fell in love with the place. Yeah. It just felt so different to anything I'd ever experienced in terms of you felt it so wanted. Yeah. All the coaches were so enthusiastic, they were so pleased to see you. and it just felt like everyone wanted to be there, yeah. which probably did because yeah. of the success they were having at the time. Obviously I had a Loved the youth. Too. I think that's a, the best time of everyone's football yeah. career. In it, that two years at a YTS yeah. where you're just out of school, yeah. doing something you love every day. Went online to Antwerp. Loved that. Come back and then sort of had a in and around it. Sort of never really comfortable being famous or being yeah. part yeah. of that squad in terms of probably went into it not understand like all I ever wanted to do was be a footballer, yeah. play football. I was never really, or thought about the fast cars, uh, yeah, the incredible yeah, money yeah. that we're lucky enough to earn and that sort of thing. It was all, So sort of what came with it made me feel a bit uncomfortable when you're out and people yeah, know you yeah, are and that yeah, sort of thing. But always loved it on the pitch, playing for the team, playing with the people you watched on the telly growing up. Yeah. And it was sort of, after the first season made a, a bit of an impact being in and around it, then probably... Suffered with some injuries to my hips mm. and my groins. And the one sort of outstanding aspect that I had as a as a young player growing up was I was incredibly fast, mm. sort of running with a ball yeah. without the ball. That was slides. my you, you glided, didn't you? you yeah. Yeah, both ways, yeah. And probably without that, I didn't have enough to play at the top, top level. Well, that was my outstanding attribute. And probably after a couple of surgeries, lost a little bit of that mm. top-level pace and sort of felt it myself. You know, when when I first went in there training, I could feel, obviously, I wasn't the best player, but I could make an impact. I could yeah. beat players and lost a bit of that and sort of slipped further and further away from the team. And the manager pulled me in and sort of said, like, you're not what you once were in yeah. terms of you've had a couple of surgeries and you're not moving as freely and sort of said, you're not, you're not going to make it here. It's going to be tough for you to make it at the top level, which is obviously hard to hear. But at the yeah. same time, you can feel respect it yourself it. Yeah. and you appreciate that honesty. And then <clears> it was sort of time to move on. I never, I was not sad about leaving United. Yeah. All, all I ever wanted to do was be a professional footballer, whether that be at yeah, Man United, yeah. Cambridge United, MK, yeah. whoever it may be. So it, yeah. it excited me at the same time. And sort of coming away from that, environment yeah. of being at the biggest club in the world and maybe enjoying it a little bit more, but also having to reinvent the way I played to a certain extent. When I come to to Reading and yeah. play with you, yeah. uh, and it yeah. was a really good team, but yeah. probably I was in that transition of not being that winger that, that I was with Howard out on yeah. the touchline yeah. and stand yeah. on the touchline and run with the ball to someone who's got to come inside and find little pockets. And it probably mm. took me a, a few years to... To understand that of what I was doing now, but still loved it. Like yeah, I, I would yeah, not change anything no. in my career.
2: It was um, an incredible. Do you think, Chaddy, Because I was interested you to say that because I I felt the same. I, I, you wanted to be a footballer and everything else that come with it was I was just so uncomfortable with. Like the the pub, the, the glare. You know, the, the money was nice. I, I, I won't give that back. <laughs> 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 but the, the the you know the fame and and the, you know you just wanted like. Do you think these, the, the new players now are more equipped for that? They understand what they're getting into a bit more. A bit more, Like you said, you just from a village in Cambridge, right? Bang. Yeah. You're a, how was that? You're, in, you're a Man United player. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: it's hard to say. I think where I struggled is I sort of attracted attention for, the, for nothing to do with football a lot of the time. Hmm. The way that I looked, I had teeth that stuck out, spots on my face and that sort of thing. And probably struggled with that where I suffered... Thinking that everyone's just talking about it, it was nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine if someone says I'm um, at a bad game. I mean, that's probably happened yeah. about 400 times in my career. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more that that I was uncomfortable. Yeah, about. Yeah. I think there is more education now. I think yeah. the game has changed a lot, but I think mm. there's still so much to be done mm. to support that. Where you go from out of the YTS team yeah. to earn him yeah. 30 grand, or like how it's it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to, it. to commute. It, yeah to understand that mm. and not for it to to change who you are yeah. and what your your values your ideals are because it is such a it's just an incredible yeah. industry yeah. there so far removed from real life yeah. to a certain
1: extent. You, you yeah. certainly had love for the game. I remember when you signed for Reading,
0: and at that time we was in a
1: transition period of going from uh, different training grounds, so we'd have a change train, train at the stadium and then mm. drive to the university and then the, the playing fields down there and then drive mm. back to the stadium and have mm. lunch and, and, and getting changed. And Chaddy was driving in from Cambridge at the time, so obviously I could imagine you leaving early in the morning to miss the traffic and you'd go straight to the training ground because I think you used to take Kit home. And I used to get there. Obviously, the car pools would all turn up, and would be the first one there every day because obviously mm. he was, he was travelling from afar. But he'd have a football out, yeah. kicking a ball up against like the the, the bricks sort of yeah, yeah, um, yeah. pavilion there. So he must have had a ball in the boot had his boots on straight away on his own. No one was there, and he was just kicking a
0: ball up up against the wall. Just that that was just. Because I didn't want to speak to you lads in a dressing room. I? <laughs> <laughs> I'd wait. I'd be looking up. So as soon as your cards filled up, I'd start kicking the ball against the wall, <laughs> Make it look like I'm doing. So now I always, I still do. Yeah. I just love, yeah. yeah, love playing football.
1: You had a, you had a couple of loan spells. One at Reading. We lost in the playoff semi-finals to Wolves. Uh, you went on to Burnley under the legendary Stan Turnant. What was what was that like?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was um, like an incredible. Because when I come to you to Reading, yeah, like I was. The, Sir Alex wanted me to go to, to Cardiff because he was mates with Lenny oh, Lawrence. Yeah. But I was keen to go. I spoke to parts yeah. and I was keen to come down there. And then, so I went into Carrington before I went down to Reading and the, to see the manager, like early doors because I was driving around there. He went, he went, you're not going. He went, you're going to Cardiff. I said, Gaffer, I'll go to Reading. Yeah. And he went... Do what you fucking want then, but see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) shit. So my missus missus is like nine months pregnant. We're driving down to meet meet Pards at Redden. I'm like the whole way down thinking, what does he mean? (laughs) What what, what am I going to (laughs) do? So I got down there, met with Pards. I thought anyway, he sort of said, oh, you've had a message at the PA. Alex Ferguson wants you to phone him. So Pards phoned I'm sat in the office with my missus. Pards phones the... um, the gaffer and I'm like just sat there like my face is just falling white thinking what's he going to say and yeah. I can hear it, like and the Parge's face has just dropped and I can hear I can't hear what he's saying yeah. but a man at is like shouting at Pardis down the phone the treatment down the phone so like Pardis put the phone down and said you can, you can come but they ain't going to pay you <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, fuck. so I'm like on a decent contract this yeah. night and Pard said oh we can pay you yeah. this which is about half the money yeah. and I'm thinking what am I going to do? So in the end, I've just signed there for half the money because I was shitting wow. myself to go back up. See what Fergie would say when I got back up. That took a good massive hit, but it was worth it to not get a bollock when I went back up. But yeah, I loved it. And then went. To, then I went back to United. Yeah. And um, Sir Alex had pre like obviously realised. How much I love football, I'd given up after running that sort of thing and sort of was absolutely firing me. And then he goes, "Um, Burnley will take you next season. And I said, Oh, that's fine, you. And Stan's my mate as well, (laughs) "Well, so we'll pay you all your money. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Burnley was uh, obviously Glenn Little, who was at Redding. He's a funny lad. It was a great dress room, Robbie Blake. It was um, like Sam Ellis, brilliant football people. Maybe done things a little bit <laughs> old school, like that. It was. Um, I loved. I loved my time at Burnley. It was proper, proper old school, and so sort of far removed from from Man from United. Man yeah. I loved Man United, but I quite enjoyed yeah. that other side of it as well, where yeah, it was a bit please. more
2: relaxed. It just reminded me of this old school Burnley. I ordered. I asked. Was it Burnley doing a game for BT? And I love Burnley. It's like going back in time and you go in there and I asked for a green tea off of the lady. She looked at me like I swore at her. (laughs) We don't do green tea up here, love. I went, what? She just just put a proper tea in front of me. I thought, well, she went... Which you can see I think you cockney's come up here with <laughs> yeah. your green
1: tea. <laughs> not it? It's a, bit, it's a cup of bovril <laughs> But I do
2: love Burnley. I do like a good They look after us up there.
1: So you had, you had your own spell. Just You're kind of falling back in love with the game and getting into a comfortable environment. 2004, you signed for West Ham. Pards signed you for West Ham. Mm.
0: Yeah, buzzing, buzzing to go to West Ham. Obviously, new Pards from, from Reddit. Yeah. Great guy. Went down there. Like, what a club. Yeah. West Ham, mm. he absolutely loved it there. Obviously, to... To have that, of, you know it better than me, playing yeah. under the lights at Upton yeah, yeah, Park, yeah. it's an incredible place yeah. to play. Yeah. Like, it was a tough season, to be fair. Like Pards was under massive pressure. We only sneaked in the playoffs mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but then went up, beat Preston in the final. Bobby scored the That's winner. Right. And yeah. It was like great times. And that was the worst thing that happened for me, though, was getting promoted to the Premier League because in that summer, I'm thinking, back in the Prem, West Ham. Was, yeah, then yeah. they went and signed... Yossi Ben Ain, and I was surplus wow. to requirements. Wow. I was on the on the but he was an absolute yeah. player yeah. and obviously got to respect that. And then I was off to to Stoke. Stoke. Yeah, yeah. Did Paul tell? Did he? Did he have the conversation with you?
1: Like one to one to say, listen, you're not going to be in my plans or, no, not not really, or really find another that. club for
0: yourself. <laughs> he gave me a new contract. I remember at the end of the season. When we got promoted, don't get me wrong, he'd had a few beers, but he yeah. assured me I was a massive part of his plan. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I spoke to him. <laughs> but no, they don't, yeah, but they, obviously that's that's the game. Yeah, and went mm-hmm. off to um to Stoke. Yeah, and like had a good like I, I can't complain. All the teams I went up, obviously there was challenges at yeah. all of them, but they were all great you clubs and I had yeah. some real good moments yeah. at all of them. I suppose
1: it, in similarities going to Stoke wasn't as big a culture shock if you hadn't probably experienced the Burnley
0: scenario because they're, they're quite sort of similar environments. I'd yeah, say. I mean it was it's more the people. Like when I went to Stoke, the manager was um, Johan Boskamp. who knew me from my time in Belgium. Yeah, like, and it yeah. was um, again, it was a a different environment, completely different to parts right. of West Ham, yeah. Stan at Burnley. It was um, it was like again, it was it all went a bit. Tits up, really. <laughs> he was a loose cannon, the manager, and he ended Maybe up. The, why? Why was he a loose cannon? He was a, like he was a massive character, yeah. but then he fell out with his um, assistant manager. But they were both under contract, so the, the <laughs> so John Rudge was a yeah, Rudge, I don't, Rudge, yeah, Wally, yeah. Rudge, yeah. <laughs> but Rudge couldn't bring himself to sack either of them. So they were both like the manager and assistant, but they didn't speak to each other. <laughs> So, you did not want to take part of a session, the to take apart, but there'd be no joined up thinking. And the, the, la-
2: the lads could sense that. Yeah, the lads oh, went, you, it was
0: open. They <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> even look at each other or speak to each other. Rogers <laughs> at the side of the pitch, just shaking his head, not knowing what to do. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, that in itself is a calamity. You end up going to Milton Keynes, where you probably spend the most time in your career. Is that the, the, the club where you was, like, you found. Comfort and peace because it, it sounds like he has just been the roller coaster of a ride already.
0: <laughs> so I went from a lot, I really enjoyed Stoke, but was sort of travelling, family living up yeah. after and it weren't working, moved the family up, didn't really settle. I was more comfortable with them back in Cambridge. So wanted to get back there. So Gotta moved to, to Norwich, which I was absolutely yeah. buzzing about. Peter Grant was a manager, knew him really well from his time assisting parts at West Ham. Like, absolutely buzzing, moved home. First game we played, Ipswich in the Derby, made my debut at Portman Road, scored. Yeah. Fans all singing my name, thinking, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's all about. Then at the end of the game, like 10 minutes to go, some geek, uh, Matthew Bates used to be at Middlesbrough. I'm sort of shielding the ball out. Not the strongest lad in the world, yeah. like, but he's sort of come up, barged me, I've gone off the pitch. and I'm just like, a heap on the floor, and I'm thinking... You know, when you're winded and you're trying yeah. to catch your breath, I got my breath back, my shoulders popped out as well. Ooh, but that used to happen quite a lot, but I got it back in and Adam Jury the left backs, came up behind me and said, don't look down. So immediately I looked down and my knees just completely opened up and there was sort oh. of the bones sticking out. And I'm thinking, oh. I'm struggling here. <laughs> I'm sort of come off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in there. We've got our, the doc at Norwich and he's about... I don't know, 65, 70 years old, and I, the hole in my knee's like this, and he's trying to stitch it up, and he's thinking he's not making it. Any How did you do it? Like, was it a... so? It, it's the um, you know, them furry microphones Fuck, that are like, no I've way. gone into there, and I've sort of gone to. I'm in mean, hospital for two days. They've only signed me on loan, but Grant is phoning and said like we're well, still the the deal was to to sign me for two years after yeah. the loan. I've yeah. stayed there, but it, it was like the dream move. It yeah. just turned into an absolute nightmare. Never really got myself fit. Was out for about nine months with a knee, the swelling. They just couldn't get the swelling down. And then that's when I sort of said to my agent, what about MK Dons? Yeah. Because I just wanted to be yeah. local now. I wanted to yeah. live at home. Play. It, it, it worked out a treat. Like, it's a like fantastic club. Great stadium, ain't it? It's, yeah. Stadium's
2: brilliant. Always play football the right way, didn't they? Yeah,
0: and it was um, <coughs> like really... Enjoyed my time there. Great set of lads throughout my time. Fans were always great. Yeah. Some great managers I played under. Chairman was a great guy, like I say. And it was a real settled time where I was just living at home, travelling in, and thoroughly
2: enjoyed it. Happiest time of your career?
0: Yeah, it must be. You got voted
1: player of the year twice, two yeah. years on the spin. So you must have felt sort of, as I say, the time where you're playing as freely as you've ever played in yeah. your career.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's hard to say the happiest, like... I, but yeah. like there's times at every club. Yeah. I'm sure you're saying where yeah. time has been massively challenging, yeah. and times where you've absolutely loved it. Yeah. Like uh, Milton Keynes was certainly the most settled time in my life yeah. off the pitch as well, where I'm living at home, yeah. everything's there. I'm yeah. traveling and training, and it was it, it worked really well, and like a real, mm. a real good time there.
1: The irony of of, of the uh, the whole football journey, you, you end up back at Cambridge. And then your last professional start was for Cambridge against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Madness. That's mad, And you, mad out out you get a
0: standard ovation as well. Yeah. From everyone. In, in that's amazing.
1: That's, that's crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, don't get me wrong. I didn't want that to be my last game. It's yeah. just how it sort yeah, yeah. of ended up. But it was... Um, I think it was a cup game. Was it an FA Cup or was it
2: a League cup game? FA I, Cup. I, FA Cup. When was it? What, what 2000 and.
0: 16th? Yeah, it would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, so we played them at the Abbey. Yeah. Drew 0 0. I think it was when Van Hal was in charge. Sort of went back up to yes. excuse me, Old Trafford and got beat. I remember sort of we're on the bus on the way to the game and I'm like in my head, I'm thinking, I can just see myself absolutely bossing it tonight. <laughs> playing for Cambridge. And I was playing on the left wing and I'm up against, we done the teams playing Paddy McNair's yeah, right yeah. back. And he was sort of having a bit of a like, fantastic play about. Him. And I think, I just think I'm gonna tear him up and just yeah, have a go yeah. my life. Get there 20 minutes in. I'm absolutely blowing out my arse. And all I'm doing <laughs> is chasing him back on overlaps. <laughs> I've done nothing. And then, like about five minutes into the second half, the gaffer's put me out in my misery, get subbed off. But like I like going up there generally, it's the first time I've ever been back. Then don't get me wrong, I'm I'm aware that. I'm not a massive part of Man United's yeah. future. But uh, it just shows what the club is to even... I did not think I'd even be remembered, really, yeah. like the odd player, but to get that stand... Yeah. I like, uh, made the hairs on the back of my neck mm. stand up to, yeah. to receive that. And it yeah. was a special, special moment. And for that to end up being my last star in yeah. professional football was um, like incredible, that incredible yeah. story. When I went there when I was 12 years old and um, playing in the Centre of Excellence, and they let me go... And I'll never forget them letting me go because I had to go straight from Cambridge training to Cubs in the right. local village. And my mum took me back to Cubs and I remember getting there and I was like crying my eyes out. But the, the Arkela took me to the side, had a couple of words for me and it was <laughs> 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 Everything was good again. <laughs> um,
1: look, I'm like, really emotional like, in terms of the journey and stuff. And, and you're right, the Man United fans are, they, they are one of a kind. I've, I've sat in the Stratford in a couple of times um, and they don't stop singing at home. And I've been actually in a way, I'm not even a Man United supporter. I've actually been in the away fans as well. And I think away from home, they're just as good. Just as good. Yeah, as good. yeah um, definitely. I
0: think the away fans, like when I played there, the yeah. away fans were, they're so yeah. passionate. Obviously, Old Trafford is different sometimes because you get a lot of tourists, a lot of different people there. But mm. the away fans at United were always incredible yeah. Yeah,
1: right. Let's move on to what really happened. We're going to go back to a moment in your career, and we want to find out more about it. So you touched on it earlier on. Um, we want to know more about the brave decision um, when you decided to speak out about the abuse that you suffered. You know, when you was playing and the stick that you was getting. Really, because I mean, at the time, like you say, it was. It was. I mean, nowadays it's, it's, it's not really done, is it? It's, mm. it's more done on social media. Whereas back then, it was sort of okay to do it on TV and there was a few shows wasn't there and and, and it affected your confidence. Yeah, I think it
0: it didn't affect me on the pitch. No. It was off the pitch where it had a massive sort of negative effect on my life where I was obsessed by it where I wouldn't want to go out because I think this was all and in reality that's my responsibility my fault I don't blame anyone else for that but it's sort of one of them things where when I said about it and I never thought it'd get the the attention that it did receive. It wasn't... I think the message got lost slightly in terms of what I was saying. It was obviously the start of COVID. Mm. I was just put a tweet out saying that handling it the way I handled it isn't the best way of doing it. Yeah. You better talk it when you've got issues. Obviously, if you talk about it, it's a massive yeah. weight yeah. off shoulder, which I felt at the time I couldn't mm. do. And the, it sort of changed into a blame game of what happened in terms of the TV show and that sort of thing, when it was never really about that. It was looking to be a positive message to, don't get me wrong, I know I'm not a big, massive star that millions of people are going to speak to, but if it can just help one person, if them words help one Mm -hmm. person, that was sort of what, what what it was about. So it wasn't, it's something obviously I've dealt with, I'm over now as part of my journey in life, really, but it was just trying to talk about, Promoting positive mental health yeah, and yeah. talking about your problems when you're struggling.
1: Did you have anyone to 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 speak to, or did you have people that would try and sort of get it out of you? Or I mean, back back when you was playing, and then you sort of kind of brush it off, or was there just nothing? Was it just left to your own devices?
0: No, I just weren't interested in entertaining talking about it. I mean, I wouldn't even say I was struggling to my to my girlfriend, to yeah. my mum, my dad, my brother, yeah. my family, my friends, because I was so embarrassed by it because it was such a A schoolboy sort of thing where someone says something in the playground, but it was on such a a mass scale in terms of on the telly every week. I used to like dread it, but at the same time, if someone said something to me, I'd just laugh it off, so it don't bother me. When in reality, it was really affecting the way that I was off the pitch.
1: Yeah, and this this was on the show, wasn't it? They think it's all over. Yeah, Yeah. that was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's... I mean. I mean, what made you, I mean, uh, I'll say what made you come out and break the silence, but as you say, it's, it, it, you, you've done an interview and it's sort of all sort of gone down different avenues, whereas you're just trying to make it a positive... Yeah, so you know, it was... Because everyone was,
0: everyone, well, I say everyone, there was a lot of people struggling when COVID happened. That, that was sort of where it came from. Yeah. I mean, I've like started on social media with the new business that I was working, trying to build and everything that I put on there was just like terrible, terrible banter, really. There was mm-hmm. no nothing behind it. So it was just trying to be something with a bit of meaning. Like I said, I never thought it'd get the attention that it'd get. Yeah. And then the attention it did get probably wasn't around what I was trying to yeah. promote, yeah. more about yeah. what happened in the past. So it yeah. was, um, like I say, it's, I'm more than comfortable yeah. speaking about it. I mean, yeah. it was 20-odd years ago or whenever. But I think it's so important that, as much as possible, people don't deal with it how I did, where you become Mm. a master of burying your feelings and not wanting to talk about them rather than being able to express yourself and showing that vulnerability that I could never show as a young man because I weren't emotionally intelligent enough to do it. And I think that's where football sort of encapsulates you and your whole life, Mm. where everything in my life was all about football. So when I went through these struggles... I had no idea how to deal with them because it was all if I was doing all right at football, then everything's at fine. Yeah. But this made me yeah. understand that maybe yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. no, totally agree.
2: It's, I mean, sorry, Sid. No. Um, when 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 did you first start thinking oh, I need to deal with it a different way? Was there someone else? Was it like your missus, or I think it your was just sort of the journey. Yeah, I think like I
0: mentioned before when I went to to Reading them, but like coming away from Man United and sort of not, I was never a confident. Yeah, per, like a confident football player, but not a confident person. Yeah. Sort of understand growing into myself a little bit, having a bit more confidence, being able yeah. to sort of express how I'm feeling more. And it was more like a evolving as a person rather yeah. than one sort of moment where you think oh, I've got to get this off my
2: chest now. Yeah, it was yeah. more of a, a long-term process. Yeah, because yeah. the way sorry, the way the way the way you played is, was very confident. But like you was very. Uh... You're saying you're shy, but even he's,
1: there when you're saying about going to Man United game, like, yeah. I'm gonna rip it up today. You yeah, know? yeah, like
2: this different confidence, polar opposites there. Here, yeah. from like you was quite loud, But on the pitch, you were a flair player. You mm. know,
0: yeah, and I think that's where I'd express myself would be yeah. playing football because that's what what I love doing. Yeah. i was like not a confident young man, mm. but a confident football player. So it's. Um, God knows. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: fair play, I mean, like, play to you. Yeah. Mental health, uh, you know, there's a lot going around um, and it's been going around for ages. So anyone, anyone that is struggling, make mm. sure you share your problems and speak and get it off your chest. because yes, definitely. problem shared is pro- definitely a problem um, halved. Uh, right, look, let's talk Premier League. So your old team, Bernie, take on my old team, Villa, on Saturday. Bernie, Mike Jackson, I mean, mm. what a job he's got in and done there. has um, been incredible. I mean, when the turnaround happened with Sean Dyche getting the sack or mm. parting. People thinking that's
2: them done, but wow, what a turnaround! I mean, again, you've got to give Mike Jackson a lot of credit, but I think you've got to give the group of players a lot of credit as well because of when what Daishi's done for years and years, he's just made this sort of like this this machine, this way of playing. They've always got something to fall back on. I always felt with Burnley, like I always, I never thought they were done when Daishi left. I thought that's not going to help them. Yeah, but I looked at the group of players: McNeil, Cornet's a good player, uh, Cork and Westwood in midfield, and, and Brownhill. So they had players. But they've, they've actually done such a good job at organising them. They've got something to fall back on, and then they've gone on a run. And you give Mike Jackson credit, but um, it, it's the the players, the group yeah. of players. They're, they're certainly good enough to, to they've stay got up. There's just a bit of confidence back yeah. in them,
1: haven't they? Do you mm. see? Do you see them getting out? Of it? Look, Norwich down. Watford are near enough down, aren't they're they? Down. I mean, it's one of Leeds, Burnley, or Everton. <clears> you know. Do you, who
0: do you who do you see the, the the third one? Yeah, I just don't see Everton going. They seem to have mm. been there so long. Mm. But having said that, like Burnley have picked up. Like yeah. they, Everton didn't beat Chelsea on the weekend. They were yeah. <clears throat> scrambling, weren't yeah. they? You're thinking they're gone now, but he's, yeah. they've got another result. I think Burnley on a great run of form. Yeah. That like game against Villa is huge. They yeah. have to win that game, really, don't they? And yeah. you yeah. think if they do, and you look at Everton, you're thinking. Are Leeds getting stuck back That's into the a lot of again. people are forgetting
2: Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Leeds. yeah. Leeds are just one of them. There's always someone that gets drawn back into yeah. it and leads of that team. And their running is horrendous. Their four games, I look at them and I'm like, oof, the next, I don't know exactly what it is, but the next two games, I think is, is it Liverpool? No, no, who's, who it's going to go to the wire. Whatever yeah. happens, it's going to go down yeah. to it. But Leeds, yeah, you're right, Leeds got Leeds got, running. I looked at it the other day and I thought, Leeds, I, I, I looked at I tried to tally up the points. But well, Leeds got Arsenal. Yeah, That's what it is. You know, I Arsenal going for Europe. So, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I fancy, if you're going to ask me now, I fancy Leeds go, you know. Leeds to go. Yeah.
0: I reckon Burnley. Burnley, yeah. Yeah. So just not enough. I just don't think they'll have quite enough. And I think Everton, just with the history, the fans, <sighs> I just think they'll just... Sleek if they go It's huge Do you know it
2: was great Looking at the connection Between the fans And Frank They've really taken to Frank Yeah, I think they, they, they're educated fans The Everton fans <clears> I think <throat> they They understand The job Frank's come into Is a lot tougher Than we There was a lot of You know It's one of them A lot of papers over cracks There's a lot of things Wrong at
1: Everton
2: Yeah so, And the fans Got behind Frank And they scored Two last minute goals Haven't they In the last few weeks at well, the atmosphere at Goodison was electric, wasn't it, the other yeah.
1: day? Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to go to the wire. What about the, the other end, Top four, Spurs face Liverpool-Anfield, late kick-off on Saturday. Arsenal are in the driving seat at the moment mm-hmm. for yeah. Is this going to go down to that North London derby?
2: Oh, it's going to be great, and it is. What a game yeah. that will be. Um, Spurs, you know, Spurs have picked up. It's going to be tough for Liverpool, you know, uh, coming off that, because... Uh, the The game last night they was outstanding incredible team could had the opportunity to go down as one of the great teams of all time if mm. they go and pull off the quadruple Yeah, they, you, could, you couldn't argue with that outstanding but with Tottenham I, I, I feel that they've got Conte's got the manager who can go up there and get something Yeah, so it's a huge game for both Liverpool and Spurs yep. more so for no, no, it's a, it's a huge game for both, but I and I think Tottenham could, could do something up at Anvil at the weekend. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. every chance. Arsenal hosts Leeds on Sunday, so you've got Spurs facing Liverpool Saturday, mm. Arsenal at Leeds on Sunday. Top four, it's in the balance, isn't mm. it? I mean, is that literally a toss of a coin, Spurs or Arsenal? Yeah,
0: I, I can see Spurs going to Liverpool and winning purely because. The way Liverpool play yeah. and the way Spurs mm. play with that height, and you saw Spurs do it at City yeah. like when they got went up there and got a result in Arsenal. You never know; mm. like they've had a decent season, but yeah. you look at Leeds at home and you're thinking they could slip yeah. up. It. I think that, that is going to go, and obviously the big game is the the North London derby, yeah. mm. it? and that's going to be have a massive. And <coughs> who does get the that full yeah. place?
1: Okay Cor- give you some Coral odds If you think Burnley Will beat Villa 2-1 Coral will give you odds Of 10-1 to It's 20-1 to For Salah To score a hat-trick Against Spurs He's in fine form yep. um, He's set a target Of 40 goals This season mm. um, And if you think Leeds will nick A 1-0 win At the Emirates With Rafinha Being the goal scorer Coral will give you odds Of 90-1 to Oh that's, that's good if that's Rafinha's been, a player Yeah That's Rafinha's a great shout a out I like that Let's repeat that One Leeds To nick a 1-0 win At the Emirates Rafinha to score. Coral give you odds of 90 to 1. Um, Right, time for the Super Series. Man City versus Newcastle is the pick Mm. now for the Coral Super Series. Kohler, you're losing for the first time in this series uh, 15 14. All right, so I guessed.
2: What did I get wrong? I thought I did all right at the weekend. Nope. Nope. No. no No, struggling.
1: Nope. <laughs> oh, trying to nick it and trying to complain. <laughs> you was uh you got the cards wrong. Ah, oh, yeah, God. I remember watching it, yeah. I remember seeing it come up. Uh right, we're gonna ask you both four simple questions. Um it's Man City versus Newcastle, okay? And it's uh it's on Sunday. So mm-hmm. who'll win the game? Gotta go Man City. Man City? Yeah, City City, yeah. yep. Who will score the first goal? Take your pick out of them,
2: it? this is a lottery isn't it. I'm gonna go is Jesus fit. Uh, yeah I'm going to go Jesus I don't know why I've got the, the, the little fella I think he's going to come Into a bit of form All right. I'm going to go Grealish I think yeah. you might start I
0: don't he'll yeah. play to tonight That's a good I shout. think you might play Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's
2: a good shout That Clever How many corners? But Man City can end up just Keeping the ball uh, I'm going to go
1: Eight Yep Is that the whole game? Yep How many corners? <laughs> no it's not four corners On the pitch just how many corners <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't but, think. no one's used that yet no, <laughs> yeah. I'll go five Five uh, how many players will be carded? Two. Newcastle got nothing to play for, no need to them to be flying to tackles. Three. Okay, all right, it's really tight, 15 14. Uh... People at home, as ever, if you want to get
1: involved, you can do. Just head over to coral.co.uk, answer the questions correctly to win cash prizes, but please gamble responsibly. Right, if you're looking for something to watch tomorrow night on TV, ITV4 have got you covered. Uh, Coral's latest episode of Against the Odds features the flat racing jockey Johnny Murtagh. You can watch Johnny Murtagh creating belief in the Against All Lods uh, series, which airs at 9pm on Thursday on ITV4, or you can watch it on the ITV Hub straight after it airs. Um, Chaddy, that's what we've got time for, mate. Pleasure, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. What are you up to now at the moment?
0: Are you, uh, what, what, what are you, are you coaching or...? I'm director of a company called the uh, Football Fun Factory, which is an organisation around making football fun for children, using football as a vehicle to develop positive life skills just as much as football skills. So really rewarding... Brilliant role I'm mm. in at the moment brilliant, brilliant.
1: Well uh, it's been absolutely a joy to have you on um, yeah. it's been a great laugh
2: by the way no one better to be doing that you know someone who loves the game so yeah brilliant yeah
1: <laughs> no fair play uh, just a quick mention on the uh, the podcast awards last week we actually didn't win the award uh, that we was up for it was down to American say, Met- American, American say areas though we, we
2: think there was a bit of skullduggery going on yeah. no well, we? there definitely was there something was. going on and but, uh, and Jess wasn't happy with a 54 bottles of £54 bottles of warm Prosecco that we had to pay at the awards ceremony.
1: Joe said he will reimburse you for that, Jess. Uh, but listen, we will be winning awards next year. We will come back stronger. So, uh, look, you can find us on the Joe YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast from. You have been listening to All To Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to All To Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.